Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your ANCAP host, James the Motherfucking Madison. And today I'm excited to talk to you tonight about Alex Jones. Our favorite potato man with the big IQ was right once again. And not only will I go over his most recent vindication, I will go over the past of many times he was right before. Much like Donald Trump, this man has only the best of shit to say. He just says it in a hyperbolic-ass way. That doesn't take away from the fact that he's right. So, come along with me, folks. This is Inside Four Walls on the Info War. Life is like a son of a bitch. Listen, you asshole. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a gay bomb. Might solve a mystery. Or rewrite history. Chemtrails. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Chemtrails. Gay bomb. Yep, that's it. Chemtrails. Let's begin with a clip from the Joe Rogan Experience. This is episode 1255. It's Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, and Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo and Alex Jones have a heated exchange on the very topic we're going to continue to discuss. So we're going to get to this next. And I, I respect you. Hey, I want you guys to yell at each other for three minutes while I go pee. I got to pee, too. Okay. Yeah, you don't talk to yourself. Just hold. We'll do it in shifts. We'll do it in shifts. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Eddie, no, I'm what not I'm saying, saying is, you're bad questioning. I get it. No, you do get it. You know why? Because, you know. Um, I wore this as a joke for no, you. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course, Alex. You, uh, you are someone that I could talk to about the flat earth conspiracy and you believe in so many crazy things about the government you don't you don't uh you don't believe in flat earth but you can kind of understand where i'm coming from right yeah right issue kinda, is gps right? is real i know airline pilots that fly from california to uh you know, places like australia and they've got another wing over to hong kong and then they go to Moscow. You, you can fly anywhere in the world if it was flat. If it's flat, it has you could go from east to west just like you could on a ball. You just don't understand what a, uh, like a like a pizza is. You could just go anywhere. Like if if you're okay. on a flat Here's earth, what I'm telling if you're on a flat Here's earth, what I'm telling you could travel anywhere. Give me two cities. Eddie, you I, point at two cities and you just we've go been there. Lied to so much, I get what you. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the past. I'm not that rich. No, but no, no. Listen, but I listen, do have the money. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not. No. Give it a second. I don't want to fast forward anything because if I fast forward, I'm going to end up fucking skipping the part that I'm trying to actually get to. I just enjoy the entertainment, all right? Besides, I'll make it tie in, I guess. I convince you, Alex. My point is, my po- take. You gotta, you gotta find it on your fucking own. There's no way you're gonna be convinced. No, no one has ever been convinced. Listen, we're gonna debate this in a minute. They, they, they have to really find it within themselves and and do some deep. No, I understand. Deep what I'm telling you is soul searching. What if I finance a research ship, large ship, and make a documentary? I can't go away for three months. I will pay for you three months. I'm, I'm not BSing. You know, because to me, having money is not a big deal. Except we can do cool things with it. What? If How I much find- money can you raise? <clears throat> Because we're going to need I mean, I, I, to go we, to the South Pole. We, we, we're going to need. We're going to need. Uh, are you guys going to the moon gonna or into orbit? Yeah, I, I tell you right now, you're going to cruise ship. No, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. You can go. Alex, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, you raise the money for a trip <laughs> no, to South. No, there's no raise the money. No, no. I got the money. Okay, you got the money. I got the money. Listen, listen. This is the deal. This is the deal. This is the deal. Go pee. Go pee, man. Are you going to go pee? No, this is the 
don't no, him. Listen, I, I don't have to shut up. The plan. You're going to the, the ice wall. Listen, he's the ambassador for Flat Earth. He's the ambassador. We're Forget astronauts. The guy that discovers the Flat Earth, the big ice fields. This is what this is what we're gonna do, Alex. Alex, this is what we're gonna do. Can you give me tons? Can you give me twenty seconds? With an entire crew, you're in command. No, no, you are going to the edge of the flat Earth. Totally, but it's not gonna be me. I'm gonna I'm gonna designate somebody. I'm too scared. So I'm gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We'll send Joe Rogan. No, no, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna send someone else. You're gonna find the edge of the world. Yeah, Big yeah, ice yeah. caps, cats that are knocking I'm things off. I'm gonna film the drop off with my iPhone. <laughs> yes, yes. Go well, pee, man. Go pee. Don't you have to go? We're gonna send someone else, Alex. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna do anymore. this. Hey, <laughs> you know what? We're gonna do this. I don't, I don't have to be the one that goes. I don't have to be the one that goes. Wait a minute. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> I came here and I proved they're keeping babies alive and taking their organs. How did you prove that? They're admitting. Jamie pulled some shit up on Google. They admitted that. That's they're, YouTube. They're normalizing it. No, the fucking the governor. Listen, Listen to me. You really think? Do you really think there's people out there campaigning for late-term abortions? You think that shit's real? You the think Senate that shit's real? Voted Monday to keep it legal. Who would do that? Who would do that? that? Who would campaign? That's they the most fucking did it, That's Bravo. the craziest shit ever. you can't fucking admit they're fucking killing already more kids. So you're telling me it isn't real when they had a fucking vote in the goddamn fucking Senate. That's what a the conspiracy fuck? theory. That's a conspiracy theory. You think you're fucking tough, you're about to get it. Bullshit! <laughs> they're killing already born babies. Stop fucking lying. God fucking damn it. I'm getting pissed now. Don't get pissed. Go no, I mean, okay. you saw the... Dude, it's he going to fucking it. Really? Alex, 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 Hey, Alex, I was just playing with Eddie, you. Of course, I believe that, Alex. Eddie, 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 let me explain. Of course, I believe. Eddie, Eddie, it's all explain. over the news. Eddie, I was just playing Eddie, with you. Eddie, let me explain to you. <laughs> well, let me explain to you. We went into a long conversation. About I heard it. We, we played. I heard it. Okay, you heard it. I heard the whole podcast. Oh, yours I'm me. playing okay. with you. Okay. okay. But imagine my okay. psychosis think is about this. What I said. Think Reality okay. is so crazy that I always thought I was so tough. I can't believe he doesn't have to pee anymore. That I, I got to piss a little bit. Alex, the point is, the point is, is that, <laughs> the point is, is that, dude, I'm not. The reality is so crazy. Why are we debating whether the earth is flat? Dude, they're keeping, they have human-animal hybrids. There's the, the freaking, I have been there when people that work for the Pentagon say that they, we go to the laboratory and we meet with the ambassador. We have to take higher and higher doses to meet with them. They're giving us technology and the technology work. I mean, this is going on, dude. Do you want to know this? Listen. Relax. You think about Alex. space isn't real. The uh, freaking dimensions, <laughs> man. The aliens think are coming the dimensions. Alex, think about what I said. I said, dude, do you think there's actually people out there that believe or they're ca that are campaigning? I got a $20,000 no, digital telescope listen, where listen, I can look and freaking listen, listen to what I said. Alex, he's fucking Did you hear with what you. I said? I said, do you think there's actually people out there that are campaigning for late-term abortions? Of course there are, but I'm making it seem like I don't believe they are. No, I get it down. I'm down. being the ultimate skeptic. Okay, I thought he you was, were I'm was being just, the ultimate skeptic. Listen, Eddie listen does, to that the words all, I said. He does that all the time. He's just fucking around. I wanted to be your enemy the thing, right there. I'm threatened. I'm not Mr. Goody Two-Shoes by them keeping babies alive and killing them and that nobody cares. I fundamentally, 
that's what I'm saying. I'm being honest here. Is I'm not like certifiably crazy, but I deal with this all day long. I get why Joe tries to shout away and people go crazy doing no, with it. No, well, I, I never saw that clip of that guy saying that they would resuscitate the babies and then they would make a decision. You haven't heard about that New York uh, bill that they're trying they to pass? The, they passed it. I mean, it's some big they shit. They fucking passed it. It's like, it's like uh, worse than Gotham it. City. It's well, worse than Gotham City. They're giving a bunch of goddamn fucking organ harvesting doctors control outside of law. You heard that piece of shit fucking KKK guy. Keep that in mind. What he just said just now. They are, there are, rewind. Worse than Gotham. They're giving a bunch of goddamn fucking organ harvesting doctors control outside of law. You heard that piece. They're talking about a bill in New York. I'm not familiar with the bill is, but he said, Orvist harvesting, harvesting doctors. Shit, fucking KKK guy, fucking governor, say we're going to keep them alive after they're fucking born He's because a, they want to fucking take their organs. It's incredible. He's Sorry. a KKK guy? It's incredible. Of course. It's so incredible that He's I, in a picture with a guy in a KKK outfit in blackface. They elected him because he's blackmailed. They had that shit. And when he messed up and said we keep them alive to get their fucking organs, they used that to deactivate him. Jeez. Why do you think fraternities have you screw sheep and all this and, you know, give guys blowjobs? That's why I never joined them. Because they want to come Wait, 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 go back, go back, what? Say that again? Fraternities. Okay. I'm so happy we decided to do this podcast. I'm so happy. See how it turned out? It's fucking amazing. Did they piss on your rug? It's fucking amazing. You should do your job at 3 o'clock. It was cool. New world order, baby. You gotta piss. So, go ahead, piss. New fucking world order. Oh, my God. Eddie? I Don't, got you. Dude, 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 you got so pissed off. I'm so glad I fucked with you. Because we got some. Dude, do you realize how many JRE clips they're going to make of that shit? Dude, they're going to they're gonna put you to music. Gonna... As I'm one to do, we start off with an older article. And we work towards more recent articles. From Newsweek, Alex Jones and Joe Rogan's war leads to conspiracy theory meltdown. InfoWars host says babies are harvested for organs. By Daniel Moritz Rabson on February 28, 2019. InfoWars host Alex Jones has a meltdown over misinformation about abortion that has been promoted by Republicans, including President Donald Trump. After, after a recent feud, Jones was invited back to Joe Rogan's show while speaking with martial arts instructor Eddie Bravo. In an episode uploaded Wednesday, Jones began shouting about infanticide. I came here and I proved they're keeping babies alive and taking their organs, Jones said. The Senate voted on Monday to keep it legal. They fucking did it, Bravo. And you can't fucking admit they're killing already born kids, so you're telling me that it isn't real when they had the fucking vote in the goddamn fucking Senate. It's a conspiracy theory, Bravo said. Quote, I am ready to beat your fucking ass, Jones answers. Quote, you think you're fucking tough. You're about to, you're about to get it. Bullshit. They're killing already born babies. Stop fucking lying. God fucking damn it. I'm getting pissed now. Bravo later said he believed politicians were campaigning for late-term abortions and, quote, I'm being the ultimate, ultimate skeptic. When contacted, when contacted for a comment, an InfoWars representative sent, a Newsweek article, sent Newsweek an article 
about late-term abortions, including a Slate report dating to 2012. Click that, and I'll go read that report later. Dating to 2012, quote, I am going to give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that you're simply ignorant and not malicious or mentally challenged. Please educate yourself before you accuse people of promoting conspiracy theories and maybe we the people will start respecting you instead of holding you in derision and contempt for being fake news, the representative wrote. Quote, this was already a thing in 2012. Are we sure this was a representative and not just Alex Jones responding to Newsweek? Because that sounds like something he'd fucking say. Anyway, into the article. This is the same Newsweek article. I haven't started the Slate one yet. New uh, Jones rants linked to inaccurate information that has been circulated among conservatives. Weeks ago, comments from Virginia legislator and Governor Ralph Northam related to an abortion bill being considered by the state legislator spokesperson or legislator sparked a firestorm. The proposed legislation would loosen restrictions on women seeking to obtain a third trimester abortion. Only one doctor rather than the current three would be required to affirm that continuing to carry the fetus would harm a mother and the threshold of harm would be decreased. When asked, the bill would enable women who are about to give birth to have an abortion. Uh, Delegate Kathy Tran said yes. She later said that she misspoke, the Washington Post reported. Opponents of the bill... Opponents of the bill and abortion also also seized upon remarks from Northam, quote... If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered, the infant would be kept comfortable, and the infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and family desired. And the discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother, he said, according to Vox. What a trustworthy source Vox is. A spokesperson said that Northam was not talking about infanticide, but was, quote, focused on the tragic and extremely rare case in which a woman is non with a non-viable pregnancy or severe fetal abnormal abnormalities went into labor box reported less than one percent of abortions performed in the u.s take place after 24 weeks of a pregnancy according to the new york times again what a trustworthy source republicans have seized upon comments and president trump has since mentioned the remarks from Northam, quote, let's see, okay, quote, the governor stated that he would even allow a newborn baby to come out into the world and wrap the baby and make the baby comfortable and then talk to the mother and talk to the father and then execute the baby. Execute the baby, Trump, end quote. Trump said while speaking at a campaign rally in El Paso, Texas earlier this month. On Monday, the Senate voted against a bill that would have implemented requirements for babies born after failed abortions to in abortions and enabled prison terms for doctors who violated the legislation. While Republicans present the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, that's a mouthful, 
as a means of protecting infants. Democrats criticize the legislation because they're jackasses. I had that's on the article. You can probably guess that in the article. Experts noted that legislation already exists to protect the rights of infants, pointing to a 2000 Born Alive Infants Protection Act, which gives all babies full legal rights after birth. Illinois Senator Tammy Duckworth, a Democrat, called the legislation, quote, a political stunt, according to CBS News. Trump tweeted, Senate Democrats just voted against legislated legislation to prevent the killing of newborn infant children. The Democrats' position on abortion is now extreme, that they, that they don't mind executing babies after birth. The article ends there. Let's see what this video is here. Joe Rogan versus Alex Jones Part 2 and Friends Go to War. Oh, I'm not. I know what that is. That has nothing to do with that. Now, let's read that Slate article, right? And mind you, they said it was a conspiracy theory about the organs. And Did they even talk about the organs in that? I don't think they did. I think the title just... Yeah, the title just talked about it. They didn't really go into detail about it at all. Are you shitting me? Just going to have that in the title and not really go into detail about it? Hmm. Okay. Well, into the Slate article. Human nature after birth abortions, the pro-choice case for infanticide. By William... Sailton, March 12th, 2012, at 11.14 a.m. Just when you thought the religious rights couldn't get any crazier with the personhood amendment and its attacks on contraception, here comes, an ac- academic l- here comes the academic left with an even crazier idea after birth abortions. No, I didn't make this up. Quote, Partial birth abortions is a term invented by pro-lifers, but, quote, after birth abortions is a term invented by two philosophers, Alberto Ghibellini and Francesca Midurva. In the Journal of Medical Ethics, they proposed, when circumstances occur after birth, such that would have justified abortions, What we call afterbirth abortion should be permissible. We propose to call this practice afterbirth abortions rather than infanticide. To emphasize that the moral status of the individuals killed is comparable with that of a fetus rather than to that of a child. Therefore, we claim killing newborns could be ethically permissible in all the circumstances where abortions would be. Such circumstances include cases where the newborn has the potential to have an at least acceptable life, but the well-being of the family is at risk. Predictably, the article has sparked outrage. Last week, Rep. Joe Pitts, a Republican from Philadelphia, and Chris Smith, a Republican from New Jersey denounced it on the House floor. But it isn't pro-lifers who should worry about the Giuliani Minerva proposal. It's pro-choicers 
The case for afterbirth abortions draws a logical path from common pro-choice assumptions to infanticide. It challenges us, implicitly and explicitly, to explain why if abortion is permissible, infanticide isn't. Let's look at some of those assumptions. One, the moral significance of fetal, a fatal development in arbituary. Or, sorry, one, the moral significance of fatal development is arbitrary. I often hear this argument from pro-choicers in the context of time limits on abortions. In a debate last fall, I drew up a timeline of fetal of fatal developments week by week. The response from Anne Fredetti, chief executive of the British Pregnancy Advisory Service, was that it was an arbitrary it was arbitrary it would be arbitrary to use any point in that timeline to draw a legal limit on abortion rights. Giuliani and and Minerva seem to share this view. Quote, damn it, damn it, fucking stop. Okay, there we go. Quote, abortion at early stage are the best options for both physiological and physical reasons and psychological reasons. They wrote, conspicuously admitting the idea that abortions at any early stage are better than the, le- than the late ones for moral reasons. Quote, merely being human is not in itself a reason for ascribing someone of the right to life. They wrote, quote, indeed, many humans are not considered subjects of right to life, such as spare embryos while research on embryos stem cells is permitted or quote fetuses were aborted or fetuses where abortion is permitted i hate that it highlights like this i'm just trying to fucking okay there we go ferity accepts birth birth as the first logical timeline Though not for reasons some fatal develop not for the reasons of fatal developments. Quote, see her comments forty-four minutes into the video. I'm not clicking that link. But Giuliani and Minerva push beyond that limit. They note that the neutral development or that the yeah, the, the neural development continues after birth. And that the newborn doesn't yet meet their definition of a quote person or an individual. An individual who is capable of attributing to her own existence, or at least the basic values, such as being deprived of its of this existence represents a loss to her. Accordingly, they reason. The moral status of an infant is equivalent to that of a fetus. That is, neither can be considered a person in a moral relevant sense. Two, or second. Prior to personhood, human life has no moral claims on us. I've seen this position asserted in countless common threads 
by supporters of abortion rights. Giuliani and Minerva add only one further premise to this argument. Personhood doesn't begin until sometime after birth. Once that premise is added, like once that per once that premise is added, the newborn, like a fetus, becomes fair game, they explain. If you're wondering why there's a pause between me reading this, it's because there's a lot of little text in here, so I'm highlighting so I can keep track of it into the article. In order for a harm to occur, it is necessary that someone is in the condition of experiencing that harm. If a potential person, like a fetus and a newborn, does not become an actual person like you and us, then there is neither an actual nor a future person who can be harmed, which means that there is no harm at all. In these cases, since non-persons have no moral rights to life, there are no reasons for banning afterbirth abortions. What the fuck kind of gymnastics are you going through? Sorry, sorry. Indeed, however, last week, the interests of actual people can be, they will always trump the alleged interests of potential people to become actual ones. Because this is latter interest amounts to zero. You may find this statement cold, but where's the flaw in its logic? If it breathes, if it has lungs, a heart, and organs and shit, and just pull out the cunt screaming, it's, it, it, it knows that it's screaming. It's not screaming because it's comfortable. It's screaming because it's wildly uncomfortable. So that kind of flies in the face of your fucking no harm little line back there, princess. That's kind of where the flaw in your logic is, you dumb cunt. Anyway, let's continue. You may find this statement cold, but where's the flaw in its logic? If the neurally unformed fetus has no moral claims, why isn't the same true of a neurally unformed newborn? We move on to the third part of this article. Three, any burden on the woman outweighs the value of the child. Giuliani and Minerva wrote that philosophers such as Peter Singer have presented arguments for neo neonatal side for many years until now. These arguments have focused on what's the best for the baby. In the words of recent Dutch guidelines, quote, infants with a hopeless prognosis who experience what parents and medical experts deem to be unbearable suffering. Giuliani and Minerva merely pushed this idea one step further, calling their proposal, quote, after birth abortions rather than euthanasia because the best because the best interest of the one who dies is not necessarily primarily criterion for the choice. This is incredibly disturbing. Actual people's well-being could be threatened by the new, quote, even if healthy, child requiring emergency. Money and care, which the family might happen to be in short supply of, they observe accordingly. Quote, if the economical 
social and physiological circumstances change such that taking care of the offspring becomes unbearable becomes an unbearable burden on someone then people should be given the chance of not being forced to do something they cannot afford and afterbirth abortion might be warranted by any interest of actual people and it says in brackets here people family or society to pursue their own well-being including the interest of the mother who might suffer psychological distress from giving her child up for adoption. Part 4. The value of life depends on choice. Pro-choicers don't accept the idea that the path from pregnancy to maternity being natural must be followed. Oh, sorry. Four, the value of life depends on choice. Pro-choicers don't accept the idea that the path from pregnancy to maternity being natural must be followed. <laughs> they argue that the choice is up for the, up to the woman. Some assert that the life within her has no moral status until she chooses to give birth to it. Again, Giuliani and Minerva simply extend this logical this logic beyond birth. Since the newborn isn't a person yet, the significance continues to hinge on its mother's decision. Neonates, quote, might or might not become particular, particularly persons, or be not become particular persons, depending on our choice, the authors argue. Until then, the newborn imposes no obligations on us, quote, because we are not justified in taking it for granted that she will exit as a person in the future, whether she will exist is exactly what our choice is about. Some Iron Rand shit right here. All that selfish shit. Discovery of a serious defect is grounds for termination. I mean, Justin has a great joke about people who sleep with Charlie Sheen get pregnant. Charlie Sheen knocking people up has led to more abortions than the prenatal test for Down syndrome. It's a good joke. Anyway, five, the discovery of serious defects is ground for termination. Fetal development can turn tragic at any point. Most people agree that abortion should be permitted when a grave defect is discovered at... Oh my god, what is this word? Aminosynthesis? Synthesis? That's not correct. What is this fucking word? God damn it. Let's find out together. Break okay, here we go. Let's look this word up. My phone would fucking work. I'm gonna throw this piece of shit at the fucking wall. There we go. Let's see. A M N I C I C I O I O C. Let's see. Amniocentesis. Aneocentesis, the sampling of the sampling of fluids using a hollow needle inserted into the uterus for to screen for developmental abnormalities in the fetus. Amniocentesis. Amniocentesis. Okay. Do do. It's fine. Please, I can pick that up. Most people argue that abortion should be permitted when a grave defect is discovered at amniocentesis. 
In the partial birth abortion debate, pro-choicers extended this rationale, arguing that abortion in the third trimester should be permitted when horrible defects were identified at that stage. Giuliani and, and Minerva take this argument to its next level. Noting that defects often remain undiscovered until birth. An examination of 18 European registries reveal that between 2005 and 2009, only 64% of Down syndrome cases were diagnosed through the prenatal test for Down syndrome. This percentage indicates that considering only the European areas under examinations, about 1,700 infants were born with Down syndrome without parents being aware of it before birth. Once these children are born, there is no choice for the parents but to keep the child, which sometimes is exactly what they would not have done if the disease had been diagnosed before birth. I don't know if I would call Down syndrome a disease, a birth defect for sure, but, you know, I don't know if disease is the right word. A disease is something you can cure. I don't think Down syndrome is a disease. You can't cure it. Anyway, back to the article. The authors conclude that, quote, if a disease has not been detected during the pregnancy, if something went wrong during the delivery, or if economical, social, and psychological circumstances change such that taking care of the offsprings becomes, unbear becomes an unbearable burden on someone, the people should be given the, tr the chance of not being forced to do something they cannot afford, and it isn't clear where the line against infanticide would be drawn. Quote, we do not put forward any claim about the moment at which birth with, sorry, we do not put forward any claim about the moment at which after birth abortions would no longer be permissible, Giuliani Minerva write. They doubt that. Quote, more than a few days would be necessary for doctors to detect any abnormality in the child. And they're talking about doctors checking a child already born a few days after it was born before they decide if whether or not they're going to abort it for clarifications here. For doctors to detect any ab... Quote, more than a few days would be necessary for doctors to detect any abnormality in the child, end quote. But critics are already nodding that many defects are discovered later. In some, the authors argue, let me scroll down here. In some, the authors argue, if criteria such as cost, social, psychological, and economic for the potential parents are good enough reasons, are good enough reasons for having an abortion even when the fetus is healthy. If the moral status of a newborn is the same as that of an infant, and if neither of them have any moral value by virtue of being a, of being only a potential person, then the same reasons which justify abortions should also justify killing the the postnatal person when it is at the stage of a newborn. And the author goes into here. This is from the author, I believe. 
I don't buy this argument in part because I agree with Ferdetti that something profound changes at birth. A woman's bodily anatomy is no longer at stake, but I also think that the value of an unborn human increases throughout its development. Ferdetti rejects the view, rejects that view, and her rejection doesn't stop at birth. As she explained in our debate last fall, quote, there is nothing magical about passing through the birth canal that transforms it from a fetus into a person. The challenge posed to Ferdetti and other pro-choice absolutists by, quote, after-birth abortion is this. How do they answer the argument uh, advanced by Giuliani and Minerva that any maternal interests, such as the burden of raising a gravely defective newborn, trumps the value of that of a freshly delivered non-person. Oh my god. Let's just hear that last part again. That any material interest, such as the burden of raising a gravely defective newborn, trumps the value of a freshly delivered non-person. Again, if they were born, I believe them to be persons. I believe as soon as there's, I, I, I'm not an absolutist, though I feel like by the end of this episode I might become one. <laughs> what value does does the newborn have? At what point did it acquire that value? And why should the law step in to protect the value against judgment of a woman and her doctor? And this article was published by Slate, a very Democrat, a very left-leaning news source, might I remind you. And this is called, and this is in the human nature section. The article is titled, After Birth Abortion, the Pro-Choice Case for Infocide, by William uh, Sailton, March 12th, 2012. That was an incredibly disturbing article to read. There are these two, quote, philosophers who are saying that a unborn child and a born child, now you can argue, well, they're saying that they're not, you know, just because they're born doesn't mean they're a person. I don't know a single person other than, like, some far leftists that I've had arguments with regularly who would argue that if you're born, you're not a person. That is a very disturbing fucking read. They're arguing for fucking... They're arguing for murdering the child after you've given birth to it. And that person hit on the head when they said there's no grounds to say that this abortion is for the mother's health and safety because the child is born successfully. There is no longer a risk to the mother. Let's move on to the original topic at hand. I just... That, that Slate article was suggested, so I wanted to, you know, read it. Now we head over to Rumble. And by the way, this sh- podcast has a Rumble where I actually post my legit news footage. Like, like, not me goofing around like I do on the podcast. Like, actual news footage where I go out to events, I interview people. Or I, I recently did a story where uh, I was actually just over at Lake Michigan having a good time. And then 
a rescue party had to be formed because a kid was believed to have been washed out to sea, or out to lake, I should say. Uh, but how that story ends might actually surprise you. Uh, it's officially at outside four walls, outside space four walls. One word on Rumble. <laughs> but this is from the Alex Jones Show Rumble page. Uploaded just yesterday. Well, Alex Jones and Alex Jones was right. Trended at the top of Twitter. You understand? That's a good thing because then it exposes what's really happening. And that was dealing with some FOIA requests and documents that came out where they are indeed keeping babies alive after they're born so they can then auction their body parts off for a higher bidder. Because if you got to kill them right then and get their organs, it's sold in the open market. You don't get as high a price, but you can keep them alive a while and auction the uh, organs off at a higher price. And people are freaking out now. The documents have actually come out, but the documents came out a long time ago. And so go check it out for yourself. RT, a decent article on it. There's a good article at Infowars.com. Jack Posobiec helped make it happen. So I appreciate the great uh, journalist and uh, researcher, Jack Posobiec, get that out. So, again, Alex Jones was right. Now, check out what we're saying and, and take action because we don't protect our children. Nobody's safe. Thank you and God bless. I have another video up here. Let's hear Alex Jones out. When I put out headlines like the globalists must be arrested and their system dismantled now, our billions will die, that moves it one second closer on the clock for them to smash me flatter than a pancake. And I'm a tough guy. I got a lot of courage. I'm not going to back down. But I don't enjoy messing with these people. This isn't some macho exercise for me to sit up here and poke these people. They're attacking us. They're not going to stop. And the God I follow spiritually tells me to fight them. All right, that doesn't really talk about what's going on, but I'm on Twitter right now scrolling through. And yeah, hashtag Alex Jones was right is fucking everywhere. 3,000 tweets in the last three hours. Breaking news NIH funded researchers sought abortion, sought aborted minorities for organ harvesting. Washington Free Beacon. Whoa. Again, I'm trying to find... Unfortunately, it's fucking damn near impossible to actually track down. Like, I've Googled... I've been trying to find these fucking clues I'm speaking, and it's hard to find because they're just kind of stripped from everywhere. I don't know how hard the CIA... Uh. Needs to knock. He thought it was allergies. Took the second shot within a day. Urine turned blood red. He had an autoimmune reaction. Mm -hmm. It uh, shut down his kidney. So they they tried to say that it wasn't a reaction to the vaccine, but then about three days. Ah, fuck it. Okay, let's get over to the Infowars website and just read the article. Alex Jones was trying to try to find news sources talking about it, but there isn't any. But you just gotta go on there and see it. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any clips or audio I can find of him actually talking about it outside of that argument with Eddie Brock that I played earlier in the episode. But here we are at Infowars.com. You can find Alex Jones unedited at band.tv and band.video uh, and Infowars.com. 
article begins, Disturbing Tax-Funded Abortion Harvesting Operation Exposed. Article by Colleen McBreen. Colleen McBreen. So Scottish-sounding. July 8th, 2021 at 1.28 p.m. Shocking information recently obtained by Pro-Life San Francisco provides insight into taxpayer-funded abortion clinics that are harvesting organs and body parts. The University of California, San Francisco funds over 100 abortions, tr- abortion training clinics across the United States and also runs two women's option centers, which are abortion locations. Earlier when I said, remember, they're talking about New York. We're going to get into that now. Under the California Public Records Act, Pro-Life San Francisco recently requested all UCSF protocols and procedures for determining the viability of a neonate after labor labor induction abortion procedures, including in instances where the neonate is born alive after the procedure is performed. UCSF lawyer responding to the request were forced to admit that the clinics have no documents regarding the protocols for neonates who were born alive because there is no protocol for determining the viability of abortion survivors or how to treat them. This means abortionists at the UCSF clinics are not obligated to keep born alive infants living. which is especially disturbing considering 50% of, quote, fresh parts procured can come from live births, according to studies. We'll look at these studies in a minute. Oh, that's what I just read earlier. Okay. That's the SCF article I read earlier. All right, did I get that right? Let's see. It's... Oh, hurry up and load. Yep, that's uh, the article I read, the labor induction abortion in the second trimester. Uh, I'll have to make sure I actually plug that in there. I had some technical difficulties recording that part of the show. Anyway, back to the article. Okay, Pro-Life San Francisco also requested UCSF's, quote, human fetal tissue procurement logs and received multiple documents labeled the arrival, departure, and collection list. In their internal emails, messages show employees wishing happy holidays and casually complaining about forgotten laptops as they name as they list names of harvested body parts. As live action notes, click that, see what comes up. Ooh. We'll see if this article doesn't say. Okay. I, I clicked the link. There's a little bunch of links here, so I'm just clicking them, seeing what's in there. All right. As live action notes, quote, it appears from the dates that the fetal tissue harvesting business didn't miss a beat while other businesses were completely shuttered during the strict COVID-19 lockdowns in California. Out of 43 logs handed over by UCSF, 42 included the harvesting of the fetuses, genitalia, and gonads. And one abortionist harvested the entire lower half of the infant's body. 
And remind me from earlier, we're talking about, this specifically is talking about abortions where the aborted baby came out alive. Neonates refer to aborted babies who do not die from the abortion procedure. <laughs> Let's read some of these emails. They have a lot of information blacked out and blanked out in here, sadly. First email from blank sent to blank. From July 2020, subject, arrival, departure, and collection list. Hi, blank. I am arriving at blank facility. I have extracted pelvis, genitalia from blank, blank's pelvis and genitalia, and blank's lower half of the body. I left at blank, thanks. Blank refers to the blacked out part. Sent June blank 2020. To blank, subject, arrival, departure, and collection list. Thank you, blank. Also, I wanted to let you know I know I have received your other email about the new collector. Will that collector be coming in instead of you, or will you be trading off shifts? New email from blank sent June 2020 to blacked out. Subject, arrival, departure, and collection list. Hi, blank. Today I collected... Uh, testes, bladder, penis, bladder, clitoris, bladder, and ureters, urethra, sorry. How do you extract? I don't even want to know. Left at blank, thanks. This next email was sent August 2020. Oh, August. Okay, we're into a new month. Okay, sent August 2020. Of course, the same subject, arrival, departure, and... Uh, collection list. Hi, blank. I apologize for the delay and lack of reply. I forgot my laptop at home yesterday. If I don't reply via email or you need a question answered sooner rather than later, please feel free to text me on my cell. If I could give you the phone number, I totally would. It's blacked out. Wow, there's a lot of blacked out here. From, to, and subject are all blacked out, but it just says date, February 2021. <laughs> Nothing from blank yet. Collected, they had a title there, they secleted, but collected bladder, kidneys, inter intestines, and ex-gen from blank. Thank you and have a great weekend. From blacked out, sent June 2020. Yeah, the last one says 2021. This one says 2020. Subject, arrival, departure, and collection list. Welcome back, and happy Thanksgiving. We harvested genitalia and kidneys today. Jesus. And we have a video from UCSF, the group that went and did the freedom of information request to get this information out there. I'm going to play this uninterrupted. Enjoy the audio. UCSF, a real-life American horror story. Abortion extremism's influence in America emanates from one of the most prestigious institutions in California, the University of California, San Francisco. Fact, UCSF is the late-term abortion training capital of the U.S. There are over 100 active abortion training programs across the country, run and funded by UCSF, including abortions done after viability, 
and UCSF has trained more than 2,750 OBGYNs currently practicing in America today. The director of UCSF's Women's Options Center, Eleanor Rye, has trained and performed abortions there for 19 years. Her stated goal is to, quote, maintain and increase the number of abortions, unquote, that UCSF provides. Fact, UCSF is the most politically involved medical institution on the issue of abortion worldwide. Making abortion a universal routine part of OBGYN training is one of UCSF's stated goals. Political advocacy is also incorporated at all levels, from the curriculum of their students to the regular work of its professors and leaders. Fact, UCSF has engaged in well-documented, high-profile fetal tissue experiments for decades. Fact, many experiments rely on a monthly supply of late-term human fetuses from elective abortions. One of the most infamous examples of this is a recently canceled contract between the National Institutes of Health and UCSF, which required a team of scientists to acquire two fetuses per month for a period of 12 years. The term elective means these fetuses were healthy and free from abnormalities, fatal or otherwise. The pregnancies were also not a result of sexual violence and neither the life or the health of the pregnant people were at risk. Many of these healthy fetuses were over 21 weeks old, which means they could survive outside the womb if provided medical care. Fact, late-term fetuses meant for experimentation cannot be euthanized humanely. Digoxin, the lethal injection to ensure fetal demise prior to an abortion procedure, cannot be used on fetuses intended for medical research because feticides severely compromise the quality of fetal tissue for experimentation. Like I said, if you want if you want no ditch, your options right now are like UCSF and Planned Parenthood of New York City, and that's it. And the reason it's Planned Parenthood of New York City is because they all train at UCSF. Oh. So the UCSF school. Wow. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know what the feasibility of that is for you, but... Yeah. To me, that other than UCSF is the largest site in 2020 where cases that have not gotten We're trying to connect with um, with providers in the clinics that are doing, you know, into advanced second trimester gestation, but also, you know, without, without digging until later because digging destroys the material. <laughs> like it nukes the stem cells. <laughs> You said you have a lot of what? A lot of UCSF. So I'm at uh -huh. UCSF. So we have a lot of. Um, I mean, we have so many researchers kind of tripping over each other in our still. Oh, so you're you're supplying a lot just to your local yeah, people and and institutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Fact. UCSF performs late-term abortions two ways, live dismemberment and labor induction. According to their online lectures, UCSF trains and performs abortions on viable, pain-capable fetuses, either through a D&D procedure where the fetus is disarticulated, alive, and removed in parts, or a medical induction where the cervix is softened 
with misoprostol and labor is induced. Fact, medically induced late-term abortions can result in born alive infants up to half of the time. The Centers for Disease Control and the Congressional Research Service both verify the reality of abortion survivors. According to the Society of Family Planning, up to 50% of labor induction abortions without digoxin can result in born alive infants. Fact, fetal tissue research continues to this day at UCSF with the full support of university leadership. Chancellor Sam Hoggood has been at UCSF for over 30 years and is one of the most outspoken defenders of abortion-linked fetal tissue research in the nation. He has openly stated his hostility to any restrictions on the use of aborted fetal tissue, despite the known ethical alternatives. Several NIH contracts involving fetal tissue to one extent or another are still active at UCSF. These projects received a combined total of almost $3 million from the federal government between 2018 and 2019 alone. Future cancellation of government funding for abortion-linked projects will likely increase the private funding and the experiments will continue uninterrupted. Pro-Life San Francisco has confronted Sam Hoggood and the UC Board of Regents on the following separate occasions. September 19th, 2019. November 14th, 2019. January 23rd, 2020. March 19th, 2020. And May 19th, 2020. We have asked for transparency of their protocols for verifying signs of life and other concerns related to their fetal tissue research projects, including the practice of live dismemberment and the possibility of infants being born alive and subsequently killed for experimentation. So far, the university and the regents have failed to respond. Fact, abortionists have historically failed to provide life-saving care for infants born alive during abortions. UCSF has failed to comply with the Local Freedom of Information Act. On July 3, 2019, Prolink San Francisco submitted a public records request with UCSF. UCSF has provided no response to our follow-up inquiry from November. This is a call to action. Prolink San Francisco is calling on every member of the public to join our campaign against UCSF. We're demanding safeguards. We're demanding transparency and we're demanding humane standards. No one should be sacrificed for the health of others. We will not allow a system to continue that depends on the destruction of the marginalized. Science and ethics must go hand in hand, and our desire for scientific knowledge should never eclipse conscience. Live dismemberment must end.
Oh god, how long was that going and I wasn't in the room? Now we move on to the last article I'm going to read on this topic. Who would have thought talking about gay frogs would be a fucking palate cleanser? I, I knew this episode was going to be kind of dark when I started it, but I thought, like, oh, you know, it'll be a little dark. I can, I can, I can make it humorous. And I, I really don't have any humor for it. Um, yeah, I'm officially going hardcore pro-life now. It used to be sort of like, oh, you know, it's not my kid, not my problem. If a friend of mine wants an abortion, we give her, like, the... The risks of, of that procedure, both to her, maybe she should wait, all that nonsense. No, no, I'm just going full, full on, full on pro, uh, pro life here. And it was Yahoo who got the story published originally, so we're on Yahoo now, Yahoo News. And the article is written by Sam Dorman, released August 4th, 2021, at 3.14 p.m. Headline, millions in federal money flowed to tissue banks that collected fetal heart, gonads, legs, and brains. The Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, has funneled at least $2.7 million into the University of Pittsburgh, or the Pitt, project that utilizes... A tissue bank with organs from aborted fetuses according to a release from Judicial Watch Tuesday. The conservative nonprofit obtained hundreds of pages of public record requests which detailed Pitt's interest in harvesting fetal organs for a project known as Geniato Urini? Genito Unary. Genital urine? That has to be how it's pronounced. Development Molecular Anatomy Project, or GUDMP. Good map. More money was requested by the university, but it's unclear exactly how much it received. Pitt's application specified that it sought to develop a pipeline to the acquisition, quality control, and distribution of human genitourinary, urine, and that's described as urinary and genital organs and functions. Samples obtained throughout the development of 6 to 42 weeks gestation, quote, 42 weeks represents more than 10 months of pregnancy. In 2015, Pitt told HHS that it has been collecting fetal tissue for over 10 years, including liver, heart, gonads, legs, brains, genitoria, tissues, including kidneys, uteries, and bladders. It also revealed that the university saw a large number of minority fetuses, according to Judicial Watch, Something the Center for Medical Progress founder David Daladin described as racist. So once again, folks, the federal government targeted minority groups. Anyone surprised? Anyone shocked at that little fucking... Oh yeah, let's see guys when I click racist. Oh. 
Another article to read and have nightmares about later. Let's finish this one first. Testimony from Planned Parenthood tissue procedure shed light on babies born alive with beating hearts. Click that. Let's see if it's a video. It is a video. Ten minutes. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Is the entire fetus. Oh, my God. Sorry. Bear with me. The website just went weird as hell on me. I don't know what that was. Let's try that again. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Is the entire fetus intact in the lab? This lady is... Bullshit pop-ups. Perrin Larton, Advanced Bioscience Resource Incorporated. And um, the procurement technician enters the lab? Yes. How does a tissue procurement occur in one of these situations when the entire fetus is intact in the lab? We do the suction. Do you mean that they did not have a heartbeat? It would depend. How long uh, did uh, PPP? Dr. Catherine Sheehan, Planned Parenthood of the Pacific Southwest. How long uh, did uh, PPPSW have a relationship with ABR, or does it continue to today? It continues. Latent lies coming from the White House itself. Uh... Barbara Digiano Johnson, CEO of Planned Parenthood of the Pacific Southwest. About executing babies after they're born. Planned Parenthood lies about infant side in the abortion industry. But watch what they finally admitted when we put them under oath. trafficking under oath Planned Parenthood's administration about inside. Advanced Bioscience Resources is the oldest known organization that harvests and sells aborted baby body parts. They've been doing this since 1989, the same year that I was born. That means that the first kids they parted out and sold would be my age today if they had not been killed by the lethal intersection of abortion, organ trafficking, and fetal experimentation. The first undercover video I ever filmed for CMP's investigation was with ABR's procurement manager, Perrin Larton. Here's what she said under oath about that video. Ms. Larton, do you recognize the individual depicted on the video? Yes. And who was that? That's me. And uh, does this uh, appear to be the same conversation we were just discussing previously? Yes. Okay. Uh, we will play a little bit of the video and uh, ask uh, questions afterwards uh, as we've uh, been doing before. 
you know, of, of even close to like whole organ transplant for the mice, you know, oh, yeah. because you can actually reconstitute the immune system that much better and that right. much more authentically right. if you're not just doing like mashed up little, you know, right. cell bits, you know. And that, the so. problem with that is they don't come out intact. Oh, they there's don't. Not open, there's not closed abdomen. They're oh. always, it's always apart. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, okay. the, the whole point is not to have a live birth. Okay. And so the so the doctors have all unless it's somebody who has had six pregnancies and six vaginal deliveries. And I just pregnant, pops yeah, out. They put lambs in and she comes in the next morning and I uh -huh. literally have had um, women come in and they'll go to the OR and they're back out in three minutes and I'm going, What's going on? Oh yeah, the fetus is already in the vaginal canal whenever we put her wow. in the stirrups, it just fell out. Wow. So, you know, because if they've had a lot of uh, right. uh, births then that's kind of what happens. Right. And then, uh, uh, Ms. Larton, the fetuses occasionally have a closed abdomen. Yes. Oh, oh God. Uh, and so, the video here, you see a full intact sac with the fetus still in it. The doctor pokes it and the fetus fucking starts squirming. Oh, God. Then, in oh, it's legs. those circumstances, how frequently do they have a closed abdomen? Oh, I don't know. Once a month, maybe. And then, in, in those circumstances, is it uh, is Perlin Larton is the perturbant manager? Did a uh, a situation where the uh, the fetus just fell out, as had been discussed at the end of the clip, or is it some other reason? No, they they just sometimes they fall out. As I said in the video, it's. Depending on the woman, women are all different. Some women labor for 24 hours to have their baby, and some people labor for 24 minutes. So, sure, sure. <clears throat> and, and in the situation, um, and then how frequently would uh, you mentioned the, the the fetus falling out a situation? How frequently would that occur, in your estimation? Um, I don't know. Once every couple months. So, so in a normal situation, uh, you've said uh, the the surgeon. Uh, certifies the completeness of the procedure, and then the uh, uh, the technician goes and procures the tissue. Oh, the technician then goes to procure yes. the tissue. Uh, in a situation, interrupt. They just showed a video. Like it's an X-ray of a fetus, and they just ram a needle through its skull, and the thing's legs and arms just start kicking and flailing before it stops moving. Situation where uh, the fetus falls out. Does the same thing happen? Certainly. Okay. Uh, when the fetus falls out, uh, is anything done to the fetus uh, no. by the surgeon in your no. estimation? Is the entire fetus intact in the lab when um, the procurement technician enters the lab? Yes. Uh, um, how does a tissue procurement occur in one of these situations when the entire fetus is intact in the lab? We do dissection. And, and just to be clear, you do dissection to obtain the tissues that are on the list for the day? We do dissection to get the tissues that the researchers have requested, yeah. They, they are... Um, I mean, they have a, a heartbeat, don't they, at the point they would fall out? You know, objection. This this witness isn't in the room. 
when that happens, this witness is not a doctor, this witness is not here to testify about the medical or biological conditions of the fetus when it comes, when it's eliminated from the, the mother. So this video is on the Center for Medical Progress.org. Uh, fetal, fetal trafficking under oath is the title of the video. That woman's mouth was vacant in the form of the word yes, and her lawyer jumped in. Uh, By not alive, do you mean that uh, they were not moving? Correct. And, and do you mean that they did not have a heartbeat? It would depend. And when you say it would depend, what do you mean? There are, I can see hearts that are in, not in an intact uh, POC that are be POC is part of con contraception. Eating independently. The Federal Born Alive Infants Protection Act mandates that the U.S. Code apply equally to an infant born alive at any gestational age, even after an abortion. The federal law defines born alive as a fetus with a beating heart. A fetus that just falls out with a beating heart is a human being equally entitled to all protections of federal law. It's U.S. Code 108. Placing an order for body parts from a born alive infant uses the means of interstate commerce to obtain the death of a human being through organ harvesting. If the federal law is applied equally to born alive infants, this is murder for hire under Title 18 of the U.S. Code, Section 1958. Is that true that you've had a patient deliver in the operating room a non-viable fetus? I'm sure I have. What do you mean by a non-viable fetus? A fetus that's not capable of survival. How do you define that? I don't define that. Viability is, well, I do define that sometimes. Okay, so. It's, there's many criteria you can use to determine viability. And what are those criteria? Depends on where you work. Okay, where you work. Jesus. What are those criteria where you work? Viability is determined on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay, and what are the criteria you use to evaluate viability? You can use different things, estimated fetal weights, gestational age, the health of the fetus, the availability of uh, uh, you know, interventions. And based on those criteria, you make the determination as to whether the fetus is viable or non-viable? On a case-by-case -case basis, the physician determines if a fetus is viable, yes. You've never been alerted of that situation. And you're John Dunn, Planned Parenthood, Orange and San Benito County, the CEO. 25 years at Orange County. One time, maybe 20 years ago, I don't honestly remember, there was such a situation and I was made aware of it. So in the situation you described, 20 years ago, um, do you know what your staff did to, if anything, to um, tend to that fetus? Do they call 911? Objection, uh, calls for speculation, uh, beyond the scope, irrelevant. PP objection, quote, irrelevant. I have only vague recollection of it. I know they, uh, kept it warm and comfortable for the very brief period that it was alive. 
Uh, I don't think there was even time to call 911. It was a matter of seconds. Uh, is that the protocol? Just keep it warm and comfortable? Objection. Uh, He's asking you a simple question, dude. Quit having your lawyer bail you out. It's a simple question. Is it protocol? Yes or no? Assumes facts not in evidence. Lacks he asked him a yes or no question. Foundation calls for speculation. This is something that every obstetrician gynecologist deals with on rare occasion. I'm not a medical doctor. I've never been in such a situation. It is their medical judgment what to do in that circumstance. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. After that hard watch, we continue on with the article. And that's right under the link I just clicked. Testimony from Planned Parenthood Tissue uh, Procures Sheds Light on Babies Born Alive with Beating Hearts video. The article continues. The university told Fox News that the higher number of minorities resulted from a emphasis on those Oh my God, really? The university told Fox News that the higher number of minorities resulted from an emphasis on those populations for most impacted by kidney disease. Whoa, wait, isn't... Hold up. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I heard this claim a long time ago. I had to double check it. 79% of Planned Parenthood facilities are located or located within walking distance of highly African-American populated or Hispanic-Latino populated neighborhoods across the country. Oh, my fucking God. And Jesus. And that's just a Google search, by the way. Just Google that shit. It pops up. Fuck, man. The university told Fox News a higher number of minorities resulted from an emphasis on those populations most impacted by kidney disease. Quote, projects funded by the National Institutes of Health must ensure appropriate inclusion of women and minorities, said David Sledden. Ugh. <laughs> Now I'm going to get through this. Assistant Vice Chancellor of the News. Quote, They should also ensure distribution of the study reflects the population needed to accomplish the scientific goals of the study. Asked another way, does the makeup of the study reflect the populations affected by illness in questions? In the case of the Good Map Tissue Hub, one of those goals is to support researchers looking for treatments and cures for kidney disease. 
and a pure flicks interview. Oh my god, clicking that too. But we'll, we'll, we'll watch after I finish reading this. In a Pure Flix interview last year, former university employee Lori Kelly discussed a federally funded project with researchers seeking to collect bladders and kidneys from babies late as 24 weeks into pregnancy. Kelly said that the, said that as project manager, she worked to develop a develop a pull down menu of baby parts for researchers to choose from and submit the tissue. Bin. Oh, God. Quote, a pull-down menu of baby parts for researchers to choose from to submit to the tissue bank so that we could send them the body parts they need. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I was actually like... Uh, we'll watch this video in a minute. Oh, another video. Hold on, I want to make sure Fox News doesn't blast some pop-up ad in the background. Okay. Black pro-life leaders plan pan, black pro-life leaders pan Planned Parenthood singer disavowal like changing the name of Auschwitz. Quote: These researchers were all across the United States. She said, from Florida to California. When asked, the University of Pittsburgh did not respond to Kelly's uh, allegations earlier this year. Both the university and its medical center have denied any wrongdoing. Today's revelation adds mounting scrutiny to a school that already received attention for its use of fetal tissue in the past. Okay, let's let, let's hear what this lady has to say. Waiting for this ad to end. The 2020 Democrat fanatics, they're not backing down on these absurd claims and over-the-top histrionics on a board. It's loading. Give it a second. No, we need to take a break. Now, this comes in the wake of several states remember enacting strong pro-life measures. New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand Oh my gosh, her campaign is on total life support, made this ridiculous comparison. Imagine saying um, that it's okay to appoint a judge who's racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic. Um, telling, uh, uh, asking someone to appoint someone who takes away basic human rights of any group of people in America, 
I think that we are, we've, we've, I don't think those are political issues anymore. There's no moral equivalency when you come to racism. And I do not believe there's a moral equivalency when it comes to changing laws that deny women reproductive freedom. Joining me now to respond, Dr. Alveda King, niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Fox News contributor. Alveda, this is Gillibrand, in my view, just trying to throw up anything against the wall to get herself some attention. But she owes you and a lot of people an apology, you believe. Explain. You know, Senator Gillibrand's accusations, she's throwing it against the wall, but it's sticking on her. And it kind of stinks. And in my opinion, here I am, an African-American woman who is fighting for the civil rights, not only of women, because women do have to have a right to know about our health and all of that, but the right of the little girls in the womb, the little boys in the womb, and to call people racist because we are pro-life, that means she's actually calling me a racist when I've been fighting to combat racism all of my life. I think it's just incredible. I don't even understand her reasoning, Laura. I really well, don't. Well, you've over the years, Alvita, and so many other great patriotic Americans fighting for the rights of of the unborn I, even when you know you're you're repudiated and you're ridiculed you keep going and i think what the political folks don't understand is that the pro-life community does what it does year after year 40 years after row yes because it, it's deeply held these are deeply held principles it doesn't they don't change with the political winds changing and yet a lot of democrats they've really evolved from safe, legal, and rare to abortion on demand. And guess what? You're going to pay for other people's abortions. That's where they are now. And they move on into if, when the baby's born, if the intent was to abort, leave the baby there, let the baby die. So they're admitting that that's the baby in the womb and outside of the womb, ignoring the civil rights of the little babies. Those are little people. And you can't, you have to really fight for both the mother and the child. They're both human beings, and there has to be a way to serve the public without killing the public. That's Frank Pavone's uh, phrase. You can't serve the public by killing the public. So that's the woman, that's the child. And we have to really fight for both of them. And that what really gets me, I think I've been called a racist. And I said, you have to apologize to the whole pro-life movement, you know? It's just strange, yeah. Uh, Alvita, what would your dad, who is himself a pastor, um, what would he be thinking today? I mean, the world's such a different world. A lot of improvements, uh, no doubt, uh, but this is just a heartbreak. Well, my dad, Reverend Alfred Daniel Williams King, my granddad, Martin Luther King Sr., who asked my mother not to have a DNC in 1950 and end my life, he said that it was a prophetic ultrasound. He had seen me in a dream three years before I was born. He described me as a little girl with bright skin and bright red hair who would less many people and so my granddaddy my daddy certainly my mother agreed and she agreed to allow me to be born i'm so grateful she's still with me today so i believe that my dad if he were here or my granddaddy would encourage us to not only choose life and that's not a racist thing to do but to care about the mother and the yeah. baby all the way through. After the baby's born, you still have to take care of the mother. Sometimes you have to help the dad as well. So just helping people to live and grow and prosper, that yeah. really should be the goal think, and not to use the race card. And Alveda, I think, I think one thing that we know is, is having a loving approach and not a condemnatory approach to people 
uh, as as yes. we've all evolved, many of us have evolved in our feelings on on abortion. You're in college, oh, whatever, and then all of a sudden you're like, I have two. I had two yeah. abortions. Yeah. This is real life. Yeah. This is real life. And and, and having that loving approach, yeah. which you, which you have, is so great, so refreshing, and so positive. It's like isn't that, that's the positive thing to be about this. Great <laughs> to see you tonight, as always, Elvita King here on the same here. Angle. Thank you, Laura. Man. Dr. King would have a lot to say about what's going on these days. Oh, man. Back into this the hell of an article. And these researchers were all across the states. She said, from Florida to California, when asked, the University of Pittsburgh did not respond to Kelly's allegations earlier this year. <sighs> Both the university and its medical centers have denied the wrong any wrongdoing. Tuesday's revelations add mounting scrutiny to a school that has already received attention for its use of fetal tissue. Quote, the University of Pittsburgh complies with rigorous regulatory and ethical oversight of fetal tissue research. Paul Supowitz, the university's vice chancellor, previously told lawmakers... Quote, the researchers in this matter follow all applicable federal and state guidelines and regulations, with Pennsylvania having one of the most restrictive set of requirements in the nation, as well as strict protocols to approve approved by the university. The university's institutional review board approved the acquisition of stem cells. The National Institutes of Health the NIH, has also maintained that it complies with federal law. It previously told Fox News the NIH is committed to ensuring... Let me make sure I have time, okay. Where was I? It's committed to ensuring that research involving human fetal tissue is conducted responsibly and meets the highest ethical standards. The 40th anniversary of Roe v. Wade questions remain in Planned Parenthood controversies. Earlier this year, Pennsylvania's state legislator held a hearing in which members discussed an experiment involving grafting fetal scalps. What the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, earlier this year, Pennsylvania's state legislator held a hearing in which members discussed an experiment involving graphing fetal scalps containing full thickness human skin onto rodents. That particular project utilized tissue from the university's human tissue bank. It was also supported by a grant from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. That's the, the part. Dr. Fauci's in charge of that, specifically. The NIAID. Watch. Check this out. Where was it? Okay. Who is the head of the NIAID? According to less than B greater than NIAID, less than B greater than NIH. Anthony S. Fauci, MD, NIAID director. So Dr. Fauci approved all, approved his involvement. It, Dr. Fauci had to approve the NIAID's involvement in this, which means at some point in this, 
Dr. Fauci was told that, yeah, we are scalping living fetuses and grafting the scalps onto rats. And he was like, that's great. Love it. Are the rats wearing two masks? I'm sorry, I'm trying to inject some sense of fucking humor. Oh, look, they go into it. Which is led by top coronavirus advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. While it's unclear exactly how much federal money was spent on that project, it was funded through two large grants. One, $1,498,642, and one was $4,330,270,000. What the fuck? Dr. David Daladin, the anti-abortion journalist who testified at May's hearing, said on Tuesday... The NIH grant application for just one of the pit's numerous experiments with abortion in, with aborted infants reads like an episode of American Horror Story. Oh god. I'm actually really disturbed right now. People are outraged by such disregard for the lives of the vulnerable. Law enforcement and public officials should act immediately to bring the next Kermit Gosnell to justice under the law. The documents uncovered by Judicial Watch also show Pitt <sighs> show Pitt discussing its effort to minimize warm is medic time. What is that? Oh, oh, do I? Oh no. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. This is, that's going to be a lot of reading. Warm, ischemic time. Or the amount of time an organ maintains its body temperature after blood flow has been severed. It's unclear how these procedures take place. But Daladin has raised concerns about the university's stated use of labor, induction, abortion... So they're inducing labors. Elizabeth Warren, abortion is about the function, is about the functioning of our democracy. Oh, oh. More reading. Let's. Hold on. Fox is full of these pop-up things. For some reason, if I mute the screen, it messes with the audio recording of the podcast. Okay, let's continue on. Elizabeth Warren, abortion is about the functioning of our democracy. Quote, if the fetus heartbeat and blood circulation continue in a labor induction abortion or a labor-induced abortion for harvesting organ, it means the fetus is being delivered while still alive and that the cause of death is a removal of the organs reads a press release from the Center for Medical Progress 
technically abortion procedures rely on digoxin to kill the fetus. What is digoxin? Here's a summary from WebMD. Digoxin is used to treat heart failure, usually along with other medications. It is also used to treat certain types of irregular heartbeat. Digoxin belongs to a class of medications called cardiac glycosides. What is digoxin's use in abortion? According to PubMed, background, digoxin is used to induce fetal demise before dilation and evacuation abortion. Jesus. I you need to go to church. Okay, where was I? Okay. Typically, abortion procedures rely on digoxin to kill the fetus. However, both that and dismemberment tactics can ruin viable tissue intended for donations. In a statement to Fox News, Selden said said clarified the re- Selden said clarified the researchers have no part in any decisions as to timing, method, or procedure used to terminate the pregnancy, end quote. Ismeticatime has said, or sorry, Ismeticatime, time, he said, quote, refers to the time after the tissue collection procedure and before the cooling and storage and transport. It does not have have an impact on how the procedure is performed, which is always at the discretion of the attending physician and determined with the parent's health as a top priority. Oh, God. Selden added that the tissue was obtained in compliance with the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act, which lays out a series of regulations in performing procedures. It also contains a section banning infanticide, noting that, noting that, sorry, I keep saying noting, noting that, quote, the laws of the com- of this commonwealth shall not be construed to imply that any human being born alive in the course of or as a result of an abortion or a pregnancy termination, no matter what may be the human being's chance of survival, it is not a person under the Constitution and laws of this Commonwealth. Oh, your laws are shit. In May, the university pro- provided Fox News with a statement defending the use of fetal tissue research. Quote, researchers at the pit and other leading medical research institutions use fetal tissue in certain instances because it has proven to be important, has proven to be an important method of combating and curing some of our most dis some of our most devastating diseases including ALS, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease and spinal cord injuries and others read the statement on Wednesday Sledden added that quote this grant supports supported research to find new therapies for disease of the kidneys, bladders and urinary symptoms which are the are a leading cause of organ failure by providing a central hub for researchers across the country. This program allowed scientists across the country to access tissue necessary to tackle on to tackle this growing public health concern.
Okay. Now, onto this video. In a recent segment about abortion on MSNBC, panelists accused the pro-life movement of trying to oppress African-American women by treating them as, quote, incubators and derided the white female attorney general of Mississippi, who's just filed a brief with the Supreme Court in support of her state's ban on abortions after 15 weeks. We also know that women of color and low-income women get abortions at higher rates than white women and more affluent women. This really shows that, you know, attorney, the attorney general um, ultimately is, you know, a wealthy white woman who is acting in the interest of conservatives and other wealthy white women. Let's get some reaction from Concerned Women for America CEO, Penny Nance. Um, Penny, welcome back to the show. You are a well-known pro-life advocate. And when I, I heard this and saw this segment, I thought about you. Um, it's difficult now because a lot of very heated conversations and discussions and issues that we have end up invoking the issue or, or the imagery of racism. So how do you respond to those claims? Well, there's so much to say. That segment was noxious and hateful, and, and, and the hatefulness was only surpassed by just the ignorance around it. Anyone that has any um, dealings with the pro-life movements knows that there's deep unity, and there's uh, women of color that have led in that movement, uh, and it is such just a, a backhand to the African-American women who have led the movement, women like Dr. Mildred Jefferson, who was the first African-American woman to graduate from Harvard Medical School, the first African-American woman to be admitted to the Boston Surgical Society. Her work is so important that her papers are held at Harvard, at, at Harvard to be studied. And she was the leader of the pro-life movement and the president of the National Right to Life Commission. Women like Kate Coles James and Dr. Dr. Alveda King, our sisters that are link arms with us in this movement, it's so disrespectful to them. Well, I want to read something because this is debate going on now about the Hyde Amendment as well and government funding uh, and, and polling shows, even if people consider themselves pro-life or pro-choice, the majority of Americans still oppose the use of taxpayer funding uh, for someone else's abortion, even if they support the right to abortion and access to abortion. Um, Axios writing about this says, House Democrats advance spending bill without the Hyde Amendment. The big picture, the amendment disproportionately impacts low-income women and many women of color who receive health care coverage through government-sponsored plans like like Medicaid. So they say, listen, it's unfair to say that that funding stream cannot flow because it is hurting uh, women of color and people of color and different minority groups. Um, so if you oppose the Hyde Amendment, that's what that's about. Well, and it's suggesting somehow that the answer to poverty or the answer to, to hurt is to take the life of another human being. The pro-life movement links arms and cares for the least of these, not just a, a baby in the womb, but walks alongside these women for many years after, even sometimes taking them into our homes. Um, the true racism in this question, there are racism, uh, there are racists in this conversation, but we need to look at Planned Parenthood, at the founder, Margaret Sanger, who was a leader in the eugenicist movement, who called uh, minorities human weeds, who worked to usher in forced sterilization, 60,000 Americans, many of whom were minorities, were uh, forced sterilized under her leadership. 
So, um, and by the way, that hasn't changed. We still see the majority, almost 80% of Planned Parenthood abortion clinics in minority communities. Yes, um, yes it's a very real problem when only 13% of the population is having a, over almost 40% of the abortions. There's something very wrong. Pro-life women want to love them and care for them. The other side wants to exterminate them. Yeah. It is a very difficult conversation. We hope the two sides could meet in the middle to talk about those things about humanity. And as you said, not just uh, about one side of it, but walking alongside these women who really find themselves in an unplanned situation. Um, Penny, thank you. Thank you. This is the last video I'm gonna be playing because I need to take a fucking break. I don't think I can keep doing this episode. Testimony from Planned Parenthood tissue procedure sheds light on babies born alive. Beating hearts. Come on. Is it just not going to work? It's not working. Play the video. Million tabs. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this. Hold on, there's an ad. Let me skip it as soon as I can. Hold on, it's not giving me the option to skip for some reason. Well, a few more seconds, just give me a fucking break, alright? I thought I was going to do this episode and it'd be a bunch of fucking yucks, right? Like, like, like I knew it was a little bit of a heavy topic. But I didn't expect to go down this rap this fucking rabbit hole from hell. Here I am. Twenty minutes after the hour now, a key ruling from the Supreme Court, Chief Justice John Roberts joining the court's liberals to rule against a Louisiana abortion law. The Chief Justice today joined with the four liberals on the court to strike down Louisiana's statute. Four years ago, in a case out of Texas, same statute, same issue. In a case out of Texas, same statute, same issue. The Chief Justice voted with the conservatives. He flip-flopped like a banked catfish. Constitutional law attorney Jenna Ellis says Roberts is acting as an activist and she joins us now. Good morning. Good to see you. 
Good morning. Good to see you, too. Okay, so let's take a look at this quote. This is what Chief Justice Roberts says on the decision. Quote, the Louisiana law imposes a burden on access to abortion just as severe as that imposed by the Texas law for the same reasons. Therefore, Louisiana's law cannot stand under our precedent. So the question is, can you make a case for his decision based on precedent? Well, this was a really bizarre decision for Roberts, who uh, did flip-flop. And, of course, he had joined uh, the dissent in the Hellerstadt case uh, just four years ago. And so why did he join the majority now? Uh, so, first of all, uh, Justice Thomas got it absolutely correct when he said that the Constitution does not constrain the state's ability to regulate or even prohibit abortion. If we look just at the Constitution in context, uh, it doesn't provide a, a right to abortion. That was simply a legal fiction that was fabricated by a prior Supreme Court in uh, 1973 and then all the way through the abortion pro uh, law progeny that uh, was a legal fiction and simply wanted to advance uh, policy and legislation through an activist court. We look at the Constitution in context, our Declaration of Independence provides that our rights are fundamental, they're unalienable and God-given, and it's the Constitution that is then required to preserve and protect those rights, chief among them life. And so uh, here, where Roberts is switching his uh, decision now, uh, just based on precedent, well, the Supreme Court can overturn itself and has um, over the course of the entire Supreme Court's history. So one of the things that I think is really interesting and actually needs to be raised here is this is the very same case, if you remember, that Senate Minority Leader and Democrat uh, Chuck Schumer uh, was making threats against the court outside of the oral arguments in this case and threats the justices and whether or not that had a political impact on Justice Roberts, I think is a question that really should be raised because it's really bizarre that Roberts would simply flip flop uh, this soon after a very clear opinion just four years ago. I guess that's where my confusion lies, Jenna, because the Supreme Court, I mean, law school was a few years ago now for me here, but I thought the Supreme Court set precedent. What are the impl implications for somebody like the Chief Justice, John Roberts, saying, uh, you know, I got to go with what they said in 2016. We can't start setting precedent when that is kind of the role of the Supreme Court. Yeah, it was, again, really bizarre and completely antithetical, not only to his own position in other cases where he has joined the majority and overturning precedent, but it's just manifestly obvious even for a first-year law student. So that does raise the question is what was the motivation behind Chief Justice Roberts for now joining uh, the liberal, liberal majority? And I think the political implications here, Todd, um, are that the pro-life community and certainly anyone who cares about our Constitution, our rule of law, and the role of the judiciary has to be very concerned um, about the composition of the court. And this is going to put the Supreme Court and new appointments front and center in the 2020 uh, November election. Now, President Trump has already promised that he's going to put out um, a new list of his Supreme Court nominees before September 1st. Joe Biden has made no such promise. Why hasn't Joe Biden uh, been willing to, to put out his own list? I think that that's going to be a very important uh, decision for voters in 2020 because we understand that the Supreme Okay, so this is an old clip, but still interesting information. Uh, right here I have... This is apparently the page that the Yahoo article linked to, and the, the title of that article was... Millions in federal money flowed to tissue bank that collected fetal hearts.
Gonads, Legs, and Brains by Sam Dorman, published August 4th of this year. That's Yahoo News. Oh, fuck. Hold on. I accidentally closed it. Here we go. This is um, just JW stand for. NIHHS and NIH July 2021 20, records, page 168. Uh, let's see. Obtained by Freedom of Information Act request by Judicial Watch. Okay. Oh, JW is. Okay. So it's Judicial Watch versus. HHS and the National Institute of Health and Health and Human Service. It's Judicial Watch versus Health and Human Services and the National Institute of Health. Our list begins. Specific aims. Congressional malformations or, or congenital malformations of the janitorial tract carry with them a significant morbidity and increased risk of mortality for individuals and patients and is a growing public health burden at present there is a there are limited therapies available This level text here available for an hold on, what's this fucking word here? Ameliorate. There you go. Available to ameliorate the progressive loss of. Oh God, I just had that fucking word too. Genitourinary. Genitourinary. Progressive loss of genitourinarial tissue. A comprehensive understanding of how the genitourial organs including kidney and urinary tract develop in utero, is necessary to effectively develop novel therapies to replace or repair injured tissue. The genourinary development, molecular anatomy project GoodMap has been extraordinarily successful at providing a high-resolution map of of gene expression development did I skip a part? Okay. I did gene expression in the murine genotutorial system one through eight. However, this a similar description has not been available for the development or for the technique to grow. Expand the diff the Different human 
genitorial progenitor cells in vitro. These research efforts... Okay, I need to highlight this shit so I can actually fucking read it. Efforts by the developmental community have been hampered by the lack of a central hub for for procurement and the distribution of high-quality human genitorial samples. The Health Science Tissue Bank, HSTB, at the University of Pittsburgh has been involved in researching human tissue procurement over 18 years, collecting and maintaining a distributing quality qu- distributing quality samples to research scientists both in, oh, it's blanked out, HSTB is embedded with the Department of Pathology of the University of Pittsburgh Health Systems, thus providing rapid access to very high-quality tissues and biological specimens hstb has established consenting protocols in line with the best practices annotation and has in place robust quality controls for quality controls and quality assurance programs the hstb biorespiratory is fully accredited by the College of American Pathologists, CAP, best cap. HSTB has established programs occurring, occurring fetal tissues, fetal tissues that has been IRB approved since 2005. In this calendar year, we have dispersed over blanked out over a non-disclosed number of samples collected from blank. The collections can be significantly ramped up as material could have been cured from many as many as blank last year we have preliminary data that we can isolate human what's that fucking word again so tired genitourinary isolate human genitourinarial tissue tissues uteros and bladders from various de- developmental ages of 6 to 24 weeks. We have produced publication, publicated quality historiological images of the developing urethral organs, including kidneys and bladders. We have immunostrained kidneys. I'm so fucking tired of all this. My eyes are getting sore. I've been... How long is this episode already? There's a lot of editing that's gone into this, because I've had a couple of reading mistakes on these big words. Oh my god, and a bunch of more big words. <sighs> Kidneys for the 
endocrinean nephron and progenitors and early differentiated nephrons structures and bladders for the urolithium and muscle layers. We have utilized dynabeads to separate distinct cellular subpopulations in the kidneys, including or kidneys, including nephron progenitors, urethra. Okay. And I've confirmed that we can produce high quality material that is appropriate for the RNA sequencing. We propose to act as both the good map tissue hub and the tissue gathering site to build upon the pre-existing HSTB and provide top quality geniatorial samples to members of the scientific community, including those within GoodMap. Thank God I'm almost done. After I read this, I, I gotta finish this up so I can get some sleep. I've, I'm exhausted. I'm disgusted. I don't feel good anymore. Aim one to generate an inventory of. What's that fucking word again? Genital urinary. Genital urinary. To generate an inventory of genital nor. Genital, you just heard what she fucking said. Tissue throughout the normal human development. The main goal of this is to aim. The main goal of this aim is to develop a pipeline for for the acquisition of quality control and distribution of human genitorial samples obtained throughout developmental of six to forty-two week gestation. We currently have access to. Six to twenty-four week samples, though the HSTB, however, for a later gestational stage, gestational stages, twenty-five to forty-two week gestation, we have partnered with the. Oh, make sure not read. Partnered with the International Institute for the Advancement of Medicine. This will provide access to novel resources and neonatal donations. We aim to collect and store a minimum of blank per developmental week. Each of these samples will have histology, amino histerministry, and in situ hibernation performed to access tissue quality protein. The N, the I N A, integrity. Furthermore, we will obtain material, blood, urine, and A M R. We will obtain material, blood, urine, and amniotic fluid. Based on the clinical situation and the ability to per, to procure, based on our current experience, we get these biological materials in most cases. <sighs> Normalized demographic information of each specimen will also be provided. Aim to to provide fresh 
peneatorial tissues for biological research specimens. This will aim to generate an ongoing resource to distribute fresh development human geniator... Genitourinary. Development human genitourinarial samples from various stages of 6 to 42 weeks to the good map at Atlas Projects. The samples will be procured by a pathologist and inspected for mechanical, yeah, mechanical, there's got to be mechanical damage. Yep, inspected for mechanical damages. Samples will be collected from all qualified cases. The samples will then be subdivided based on the demand for fresh or frozen aliquots. The validation laboratory for quality control will keep a proportion will keep a portion of each sample the tissue the tissue samples will be immediately sent out for live cell use or immediately separated into distinct cellular proportions before shipping based on research demands permissible annotating information included demographics of each specimen will be provided I'm done. This episode of the podcast is fucking done. I'm fucking done. I'm fucking spent. I'm fucking burnt out. I need to take a break. I need to get some fucking sleep. Oh, fuck. Okay, I guess I'm not done. I forgot there's this video in the background that I just didn't finish. I'm going to play this for you. One of the biggest pro-life cases in the last 20 years is still underway in California. Liberty Council reported that more witness and evidence presentations happened this week. In the federal civil trial, Planned Parenthood is suing the Center for Medical Progress founder David Delighton and others for producing undercover videos allegedly showing workers discussing the gathering and sale of aborted baby body parts. The videos sparked national outrage and congressional investigations. LifeSite News reports witnesses for the abortion giant claimed last week that the videos led to fears of increased violence against abortionists. The American Center for Law and Justice is part of the legal team for the pro-life defendants. And joining us now from the ACLJ is senior counsel Matthew Clark. Matthew, give us the latest update on where things stand in the case. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, Right now, we are in the very last week of testimony in this trial. It looks to likely be going uh, to uh, concluding um, arguments next week. Um, But some very important things have happened in this trial, some things that Planned Parenthood specifically tried very hard legally to keep out of this trial. They've actually opened the door to allow to come in. And so the jury has actually got to see some of these videos that the rest of the public has already seen. Shocking testimony has surfaced in this trial. Are you surprised, Matthew, by what has been shared in court so far? Well, just from the fact that 
with the judge and Planned Parenthood did not want some of this testimony to come in. But in fact, Planned Parenthood's own attorney opened the door to some of this testimony. In fact, asking one of those involved with the CMP videos, the Center for Medical Progress videos, why they did it. And by asking why they went undercover to investigate Planned Parenthood, that individual was able to testify before the jury under oath that they did it because they believed that Planned Parenthood was actually engaged in criminal behavior, was actually selling aborted babies' body parts in violation of federal law. And so that information then came before the jury. In another instance, one of Planned Parenthood's own abortionists was testifying and had to answer questions and in fact had to testify under oath that she did in fact state on one of the videos that she wanted a Lamborghini as compensation for those aborted babies' body parts. And that was definitely a shocking part of this trial. Well, the rest of us have seen this as these videos have come out, but the jury had not heard that information yet. It was a powerful moment. Can you tell us, Matthew, uh, or tell our audience how the jury has reacted during the trial? Well, I can't speak to the jury as we have ongoing and representing clients in this particular case. But what I can tell you is that the testimony itself is very shocking. When you have a Planned Parenthood abortionist testifying that they wanted uh, and a Lamborghini for aborted babies' body parts, when you have another one, the video was actually played for the jury of an abortionist saying that they were crushing babies in different ways in order to better harvest their organs. That video was played for the jury the first time that one of these videos was played for the jury, a very powerful moment. And then that abortionist was had to, was asked on the stand what they thought of what they said. And they said it didn't really matter. It didn't bother them. And so when things like that are coming out in this trial, it's very important uh, to pay attention to. And I think what you're seeing is the tide kind of turning that the specific things that Planned Parenthood wanted to keep out of the trial are actually coming into the trial the jury is able to see it it's making a powerful impact okay matthew clark senior counsel for the american center for law and justice thank you for your time sir thanks for having me thanks for covering this door okay uh, let's have you ever beaten a pole? fuck off let's see if i can find it hold on Oh, Carmona has been following this story and joins us now. Explain how damaging this is, because no matter how you feel about the issue of abortion and whether you are pro-choice or, or pro-life, that is damning and certainly of concern. Well, it's certainly not good for the organization, but Planned Parenthood has sort of been engaged with in a fight for its life for the past few years from opponents of state well, illegal abortion. So they're pretty used to being uh, kind of under investigation and being targeted. This particular group spent three years. Uh, they say they have thousands of hours of footage that they're going to release a video every week. Uh, 
Planned Parenthood is in a vulnerable position because it is the largest provider of abortion services in this country. And as such, it's a target for folks who oppose abortion. It also receives funding from the federal government for non-abortion related services like STD testing and contraception. And for a long time, groups like the group behind us have been trying to get the government to defund Planned Parenthood. So this is going to be another arrow in their quiver against the organization. All right, let's talk about that group. It is the group called the Center for Medical Progress. Uh, explain what their relationship is with Planned Parenthood and also their plans to release more videos, Erin? So this is a group that previously was not heard of that had some very familiar faces behind it. Uh, they registered as a biotech organization, uh, which some people have raised concerns about whether that was potentially misleading the IRS about their purposes. Um, on the board of the organization is Troy Newman, who is familiar to in anti-abortion circles, part of Operation Rescue, uh, which previously has been linked to uh, endorsing violence against abortion providers. And also involved with the group, uh, the head of the group previously was involved in live action. You may remember That's, secret I'm videos by trying Jay to find a fucking clip. Hello, I'm Cecile Richards, president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. I want to be really clear. The footage. What would you expect? The footage you are about to see, well, in your case here, was taken from an undercover meeting with a top-level Planned Parenthood abortion doctor executive. Some viewers may find the content disturbing. What would you expect for intact uh, tissue? What what sort of compensation? What sort of? Well, why don't you start by telling me where you used to pay it? It shall be unlawful for any person to knowingly acquire, receive, or otherwise transfer any human fetal tissue for valuable consideration. Forty two US Code twenty eight nine G section two. On February sixth, twenty fifteen, investigators posing as fetal tissue procurement comp as a fetal tissue procurement company met with the president of Planned Parenthood Medical Director Council, Doctor Mary Gatter. exhibiting at the medical director's council okay, meeting okay, um, okay. in a couple of weeks, so I don't know if you'll be attending. We're now the president of that organization. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, if you go to any of the links or, or any of the sites I've talked about on this, this woman right here, Cynix's is old fucking Palpatine looking bitch, is the woman in the, f in, in the testimony who was fucking... Oh... Whose lawyer was like, oh, this is an entrapment question. It's, it's fucking her. Dr. Gatter was medical director at Planned Parenthood Los Angeles until 2014 and now oversees their Pacenta. Is that pronounced Pacenta? Oh, sorry. I'm retarded and now oversees their Pasadena 
affiliate. In addition to her leadership and advisory positions at the national level with Planned Parenthood. So we had just started the conversation. This is with a clinic. They're a startup that they have been about a year of business. They're a for-profit company that's connecting researchers with people who will donate tissue. Our volume, thank you for giving it to me, is 800 over a year. we 60 in the second trimester. And we just started talking about how the process worked with Novogenics down in Los Angeles when I was there. Okay. To back up a little bit, PPFA, our parent body, is on board with tissue donation. We have to ask for a waiver to do it, and we have to lay out for them what our program's going to be like. And the mechanics of it was that uh, Heather, a homogenics person, would come to the site and our staff would sign patients up and get consent and then Heather would look at the tissue and take what she, she did require. So it was logistically very easy for us. We had to do anything. So it was compensation for this. We had to do anything. So it was compensation for this. And there was a discussion as I was leaving. They, they had been paying by the case. And there was some discussion about doing it in a different way. I don't know what you're used to doing, how we're used to doing compensation. Patients up there, of course. Okay, so I'd like, what what would uh, what would you expect for intact uh, tissue? What what sort of compensation? What sort of? Well, why don't you start by telling me what you're used to paying? Okay. I don't think so. I, I'd like to. I would like to know what would make you happy. What would work for you? Well, you know, in negotiations, a person throws up the figure first is at a loss, right? So <laughs> you, no, I, I don't look at it that way. I know you want to play that game. I get I it, but I no, 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 I want. Lowballs. I mean, so low things from. You know what? Um, uh, if you lowball, I'll, I'll act pleasantly surprised, and you'll know it's a lowball. Okay. The audio cut off for a second. I rewound a little bit. Back to the video. You know what? Um, uh, if you lowball, I'll, I'll act pleasantly surprised, and you'll know it's a lowball. Okay. What I want to know is uh, what would what would work for you. Don't lowball it. Okay. Tell me what you really. Oh, that's way too low. I, I, and that's. I, Really, that's way too low. I don't. I no, want to keep you happy. I'm in a place that's too. See, we don't too low. I don't. I want to keep you happy. I'm in a place that's too. See, we don't. We're not waiting for the money. Why don't you start by telling me what you used to pay? Okay. No, I want global. And we don't want to be in the position of being accused of selling tissue and stuff like that. On the other hand, there are costs associated with the use of exactly. space. Exactly. Right. So what yes. do you think about? Right. So way higher than that. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'd like to start at around a hundred. Okay. Now this is for tissue that you actually take, not just the tissue that person follows you and you can't find anything. Right? Exactly. Now this is for tissue that you actually take, not just the tissue that person follows you and you can't find anything. Right? Exactly. Right. What what is what we can use, what is intact. So that's why I'm saying no, don't lowball. I, I want you to be well, happy. It's complicated by the fact that our volume is so low too. I mean are you looking at eight and nine week specimens or only second trimester specimens? Yeah, ten to ten to twelve week, you know, end of the first trimester. If that's if those are pretty intact specimens, then then that's something we can work with. 
So um, that's, an, yeah, that's an interesting concept. Let me explain to you a little bit of the problem. It may not be a big problem. If our usual technique is suction at 10 to 12 weeks, and we switch to using an iPads or something with less suction or increase the odds that would come out of an intact specimen, then we're kind of violating the protocol that says to the patient, we're not doing anything different than our care. And to mm. me, that's a kind of a specious little odd and I wouldn't object to asking him, who's our surgeon, if that's the case, to use an IPS at that gestation age or to increase the odds that he was going to get from a tax specimen. But I do need to throw it out there as a concern because the patient is signing to something and we're signing something saying we're not changing anything in the way we're managing you just because you agreed to give tissue. Okay. Mm. Heard that before. I mean, yeah, no, it's, that's definitely it's, a, it's touchy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you how do you feel about that? If well, I think you know they're both totally appropriate techniques. There's mm -hmm. no mm -hmm. pain involved. Mm -hmm. I don't think the patients would care one iota. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not thinking about that. Okay. Okay. Now you have my you have an email address. Right? Right, email, yeah. Write me a three or four paragraph proposal. Which I will then take to Laura and others in our organization to see if we want to pursue this. Um, and then, if we want to pursue this mutually, I'll mention this to Ian in terms of how he feels about using a less crunchy technique to get more full specimens. And then, um, if we agree to move forward, the next steps I need to apply a PPFA for a waiver for us to do this. We have to have a contract. Do you have a contract already? We, we have a, yeah, what we've used in the past is a materials transfer agreement. Um, and that's obviously uh, open well, to discussion. So that's a prototype. It needs to say exactly what your staff is going to do, exactly what your expectations are, exactly what your compensation is. And are we agreed that $100 would keep you happy? Well, let me agree to find out from other, yeah, yes, in California what they're getting, and mm -hmm. if they're getting substantially more, then we can discuss it. Yes. But yeah, but it is something to talk about. I mean, it's the one of the first things that you brought up, right? So, no. But it, but it is something to talk about. I mean, it's the one of the first things that you brought up, right? So. Now here's another thought is you know, we can talk about specimen as per specimen per case or per procured tissue sample, which would be so that if we're able to get a liver thymus pair, you know, maybe that is seventy five dollars per specimen and so that's for you know liver thymus pair and that's hundred and fifty versus if we can get liver thymus brain hemisphere and all that then you know, and then so that, that protects us so that we're not paying for what we can use. Um and uh, I mean, it also, I think it also okay. maybe illustrates things. It's been years since I talked about compensation, so let me just figure out what others are getting. And if this is in the ballpark, then it's fine. If it's still low, then we can talk about it. I want to land with you. I said, I want to land with you. Don't we all? Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, with that being said, this episode of Inside Four Walls is done. I'm done. I'm going to bed. I'm I'm getting something to eat. I'm gonna 
you know what? I've earned it. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to thaw myself up some fucking shrimp, and then I'm going to fucking bed. It is five in the fucking morning. I'm done, man. I... I don't have any final thoughts. I'm disgusted. This episode's over. Thank you for listening. This has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison. The only end cap at this side of the divide. Now find me on Rumble under Outside Four Walls. I'll post actual news there. My WordPress is Inside Four Walls at WordPress. You can now email me and send me stories at singletonindependentnews at gmail.com. Send me stuff there. Share the podcast. Give it a follow, a thumbs up somehow if you can. And I'm going to be doing another Alex Jones episode. This episode got way, way, way away from how it started. It was going to be just an Alex Jones was right episode. And it sent me down this fucking rabbit hole I was not anticipating going down. But here we are. Uh, The next episode I do will be either tomorrow or later on today. And I'll be talking about the gay frogs. Just a palate cleanser from all this shit. Anyway. Peace out.